0: Reflections on universal well-being.
1: So I thought I would start with uh, just a guided meditation, 15-20 minutes or so. This is about um applying some of these principles a dynamic, which is often about um wishing about um, aspiration about assessment it's it's a flowing process to um some fundamental structure so the simple bodily structure mm-hmm. which means. As you're sitting, as you're sitting still, what tells you you have a body? What's the sense of the substantial, the fixed frame of reference? There could be all kinds of movements and twinges and flushes, but what's, you might say, the, the basic template across which that runs, the sense of having a, a structure through which all these energies and feelings and processes flow? That structure could be sense of certain pressures, substantialness, uh, quality of meaning. You realise you occupy some space. That's the earth element. It's got a certain sense of volume to it, um, certain sense of pressure to it, contact. Uh, Is it feeling the uprightness of that? So we're just sketching in the sense of the body as a frame of reference. It's not getting too much into particular details at the present moment, because it's something about the overall whole impression of the body is a more useful place to work, to begin with anyway. How does the whole thing feel? Would you say it's uh, heavy? Does it feel balanced? Twisted? Heavy? Tingling? Vibrant? Buoyant? How is it? You don't even have to have a word for it, but you check in. This is vitaka, pointing to it with your ability to articulate. If you don't get a word, it doesn't matter. You just point to that get the felt impression of the bodily structure. Are you prepared to respond to that? Say, is it, uh, have you got the whole thing there? For example, sometimes we have numb patches or places that feel over-energized. Can we get the sense of really having a whole body? Yeah. So building up from the spinal axis where you're sitting on your chair, on your cushion, that firm pressure there, Drawing upwards. Lengthening. Opening. Putting aside whatever we don't need to be doing, you know, body in an unconscious way, holding, struggling, clenching. Instead, just Getting the fullness of the body. You can do this with your eyes open, half open, closed, doesn't really matter. There's the abdominal center, yeah. the, below the ribs. Can this be open so we're not unconsciously leaning on it? So often the case is that we tend to slightly compress the abdomen by the shoulders hunching over and kind of leaning a little bit so it feels slightly held. Can can you open it up, let your back and your pelvis take the weight of your body through the spring in the lower back so your abdomen can feel open free a sense of having some space there that's a little bit looser open solar plexus open so if the weight of the body is resting on this spring curl in curve in the lower back. The advantage is your diaphragm, the solar plexus can be, doesn't carry any weight, and this naturally, this, this area is compressed. You're naturally gonna feel pressure, you feel obstructed, your energy can't flow. You may not know what it is, but you don't feel uh, uplifted by breathing. Mm. So just freeing up this area, checking, dropping the shoulders down the back, and the arms be loose and free. Coming into the neck and the throat, opening the throat as if you're sighing or about to sigh. Letting the floor of the mouth be soft, tongue relaxed and then gradually moving up through the face, checking out all those facial muscles, the cheeks around the eyes, the forehead, the temple, Anything we can just gently undo here. Already we've really started a dynamic process, already it's about uh, uh, loosening, relaxing, you know, making something whole, coming to the wholeness of the body. Degree to which one this process can cause or softness softening of the muscul- muscular tension nervous tension the normal structures that hold us are tension structures mm. extent to which you can or the process can relax and release those instead you have a softer feeling the body becomes much more susceptible to inclinations, to attitudes, to heart gestures to to the dynamics of the heart attitudes well-wishing appreciation, this can have uh, an effect which it can't when the body is locked up, seized up. So, how do we actually, how does it release or relax tension or agitation? First of all, we have to uh, we have to meet that with awareness, experience, not fight it, not tighten, not force it, not push against it, but it's a, it's like a widening of awareness, and a softening of energy. So as if you're placing something soft and wide and expansive on these places. It could be in your jaw. You widen to include a much wider area. You widen it to include a place where you're not tense. So in that touching, meeting, widening, softening... You're creating a kind of uh, an avenue for restricted energy to restricted energy to flow to release itself. <clears throat> A few. I'll give you three uh, basic um, impressions or suggestions. These are dynamics, dynamics, which means their inclinations, their attitudes that can be embodied. Yeah. So it means that as you recognise what the word means, get the heart sense of it, you try to feel it in your body. What that would be like. The first one would bring up sense, grounded. Really? Grounded. What would that be like? What would happen? Where would that you feel that? You take that in. Grounded table in that sense What is the embodied experience when we feel grounded? How does that feel? Even where do you feel it? Just play with it for a while. We'll take another one. These don't have to work, but you run through and see there might be something in your embodiment experience that seems to resonate with that, or you feel parts of your body kind of pick up that theme. Next one is um, spaciousness. What's it like to be like, to have no, not of space, you know, there's no particular pressure, space around you, physically? And also space in terms of all the time in the world. Spaciousness, all the time in the world, plenty of space. No compulsions, no pressures. How would that feel? Where would you feel that? Spaciousness. You might even consider where my body needs to know that. Does my throat need to know that? Does my face need to know that? Does anything seem to be most needy or most requiring that particular suggestion? Could be an attitude. Could be a something that feels more psychological or embodied. But just resonating that through the whole system. Of course, you can stay with any of those, you can just stay with grounded, you know. Keep with that, that feels most important. But the third one, caring. Caring. It could be, may I be well, may I be free from harm, may I not hurt myself, it would be a sense of the preciousness, of the occasion. Caring, caring for how we are, empathic to it, kindly, non-interfering, but kindly on-looking. What would that be like? How would that be? How would your body feel with that happening? in it or around it or towards any aspect of it of course you know so you could take in any psychological phenomena that seem to be dominant but try to just first of all to keep it kind of non-specific just general caring without having to fix anything but just not problem solving it's just the general offering caring why not Just letting those suggestions dissolve or if some particular theme seems important for you in that, just bearing that in mind, but going back into physical, sitting, and seeing, noticing if the breathing has changed, if the sense of the body has changed. and concluding the meditation <clears throat> so if you want to move a little stretch your legs stretch your back stretch anything that can be stretched any direction you want to stretch it in So, for those of us who've uh, come on the retreat, some of you have uh, been here for a while, long term retreatants, long term yogis, and other of us have kind of bundled in here a day or so ago. <laughs> so, in terms of the, the process, we've kind of looked, got to the front door. Read the notices, got the structures in, okay, do this, do that. Then the first movement, open the door, welcome, come in, take a seat, sit down. And then what? Oh my God. (laughs) I want to get out of here. (laughs) I didn't realize it would be this bad. (laughs) Why did I come on retreat anyway, you know? it doesn't work <laughs> you know, perhaps I should have done something else after all with the weekend with a week, mm-hmm. jubilee weekend I could have been waving my flag or something <laughs> 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 and, you know, when the backlog comes in doesn't it, the tiredness the fatigue the kind of uh all the agitation in the nervous system the stressing you know, and then it sort of it hits you sit down and it comes in and it hits the dullness, the tiredness, the stressing the can't do the, you know wondering whether we're going to be overwhelmed by all this for another what is it, week or so of this So we have to actually uh, you know, work get to the point quite quickly and the point is to be able to meet what arises. So somebody said wrote you me a note know, saying, you know, when I'm on retreat, uh it may be the case that some, something comes up you know it may be the case that something comes up Well, what else happens <laughs> you know what else happens you know? you know we have this idea that we come in kind of neutral sit down, check out the place and then we get down to an anapanasati watching the breath going in and out get concentrated get into jhanas, have some insights, you know, come out the other end. That was nice and clean, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But you brought your whole life in here. You brought your vipaka kama, what's called the results, or the, you know, you brought all that in. So this is what we don't come in with, a clean slate. Come in with uh, carrying our life in. So you've got a it's a holistic experience. Yeah, you know, it's not uh, you know just the particular object, and I can focus on this object. It means all of the subjective impressions, the past, you know, the psychology, the physicality, the energetics, the emotional stuff. The whole bag comes in. You can't leave it outside. The door which is kind of a bit tough love really, but it means you you've got to get to the point pretty quick uh, meet what arises, to find the capacity just to meet what arises you know this is whatever's happening for you, you know that's it's it's okay it's nothing you know, outside of what can be met. There's got to be a way to meet what, what arises. Otherwise there wouldn't be any real dumb. That would be just be a kind of a hobby for a few squeaky clean people <laughs> in special isolation tanks. <laughs> but this is a broad teaching for the many folk. Buddha said if you haven't actually killed your mother or father or an arahant, hunt shed a Tathagata's blood sp- split cause a schism in the Sangha or a completely moronic then you, got, you can alight upon this Dhamma so you think well I didn't do the Buddha the I must be a complete moron <laughs> <laughs> Because we don't really want to, so what arises is what we haven't actually been able to uh, manage, handle. Yeah, we tend to tend to overreach our resources, overstretch ourselves, overexert ourselves. And we're meeting some strain. Yeah, or we've got uh, kind of life issues with them rather complex, and yeah, haven't been that easy. And we've got that sense of the. The, the the burden or the, the complexity of our lives. This comes in meet what arises. Now uh, just a simple <clears throat> model, you know, for for that process is um, you know first of all finding your your getting the basic structure in is your value structure. Honesty, spaciousness, kindness. You know what's your value structure? Values, as I said before, are heart affirmations that you don't need to be convinced of. You know, as soon as you mention it, yeah, that's yeah, of course. You know, this is not not a debatable point. Yeah, this is absolutely right. We we tend to lose touch with them. Or forget them, but as soon as you mention it, you feel, yeah, that's 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 the way. Yeah. I'm not always honest, but I certainly hold honesty as a value. sometimes I'm not worthy I don't always act in a way that's truly worthy of my values, but it's still there. And if you keep remembering the chance of trying to find a way to get that value which is held as a heart impression, a heart structure, into into activity, into something we can dare to be honest, dare to be honest about. Because these always means we've got to cross the threshold of areas that we're not certain, not comfortable with, with kindness, with honesty, with certain sense of you know strength, you might say heart strength. And of course the this body structure means so just bringing your body in, trying to work through the structure of the body, so it becomes uh it's completely present, it's unobstructed or you're beginning to clear the obstructions to get a whole body impression and this structure of the body, and then the the structure of the thinking mind. Which is the ability to pay attention, to place attention. We can pay attention. This is the first thing. Appamada, heedfulness. Pay attention. Doesn't mean have an answer. Doesn't mean pay attention to what's pleasing or comfortable. It means, you know, you can... Pay attention and keep it like that rather than pay attention and you know try and change things or fix things or blame things or analyze things or understand things or explain it or justify it or defend it, or you know just just attend to it, give it attention. you can place you know your focus on that. and when that's carried through in a holistic way you pay attention through the the mind you might say or the conceiving attention organ and you bring your heart value of honesty of clarity of empathy of kindness with that so you so the sense of holistic means you have the this quality of all the structures mental attention heart attitude bodily presence you line them up and you bring that to bear you might say very simply pay attention how does this feel in your body pay attention to it with that quality of heart value which is the spacious, which is the kindly which is the generous, which is the these values that we treasure, and you're bringing them to bear upon, you know, that which arises. And uh, you know, we begin with bringing it to bear upon that which arises as it manifests, say in something energetic or embodied. We feel pressure. We feel heavy. We feel broken, we feel tangled, we feel tight in our chest, we feel jittery. Where is that? It could be you can locate it in your face or your chest or your hands, or it could be just an overall in the nervous system. So it's not exactly a a location we we can see with our eyes, it's a location we can certainly find it with our attention. when you say oh you know why don't you get off my back do you imagine somebody's actually sitting on your back when you say that (laughs) but the feeling is that isn't it they may not physically be sitting on your back but that's the feeling it's on my back and your back feels it yeah he's a this makes me sick in my guts yeah or yeah i 've got a gut feeling for that, or heartbroken or open hearted you now where where are these? <laughs> Why do we use bodily terms to express what surely are emotional or psychological movements because they have a, a somatic uh, resonance, a somatic effect they do We do talk about the heart this as the place of affection you take a heart organ out and stick it on the ground in front of you it doesn't look particularly affectionate to me looks like an old football (laughs) when you say I hold you in my heart you You look inside that that bag there's nobody in there there's just blood (laughs) but this is a very crude anatomical visual way to to conceive of the body when we conceive of the felt body you know what the heart is and it does sort of seem to be somewhere mostly energetically in the chest around that organ maybe the organ itself has that energy field associated with it who knows not hmm. go into it but we're talking about the meditative body the the embodiment experience yeah and when you really understand it, you say, yeah, uh, I've got a gut feeling for that. Why is it a, a, your colon? Your small intestine? Or is it your pancreas that's got it? <laughs> but now you get some sense of something, you know, enteric. It's called the enteric nervous system, which is that a lot of your your emotional energies. certain emotional energies are associated with the, the nerves that run through the the abdomin- uh, the uh, abdominal area the guts essentially so when you feel fear you get this clenching there don't you yeah. sometimes it can make your bowels go loose when you feel fear it, it definitely associates with this area of the body and also uh, we get something so that can be fear it can also be a sense of release from that confidence you know, I really got it when you get something when you really understand something it's no longer just a drifting theory in your head or a theory that's floating in outer space something kind of resonates and you get this kind of a flash in the nervous system mm. yeah you really get it the light bulb goes off and when you exp- when you explain something or say something to someone you see they get it you can see it happening in their body their face go oh yeah suddenly there's this the face moves and something gets it why is that yeah. who knows why but that's the way it is isn't it without that bodily resonance that bodily flush we haven't really got it we just think it yeah. So there's this correspondence between knowledge, conceptual knowledge, heart effect, and bodily effect. This is why our intelligence is actually holistic, though we keep imagining it's just intellectual. We've begun to start to sense there's something called emotional intelligence. We've developed a little bit further last few years. But there's also bodily intelligence. Body intelligence knows things like tension, relaxation, because you feel those very definitely. It knows things like safe or threatened. It's very important for a body to know. Body doesn't want to leave that up to this thinking process to f- wait, figure it out, because safe and not safe it's a matter of life and death you don't want to leave it up to some thought well maybe I'm safe but on the other hand depends what you mean by safe It could be threatened or perhaps I'm just imagining it well, you know, after all we can see uh, by that time the tiger's eaten you <laughs> uh, you know certain things the body says look you know get out of the way <laughs> I'll tell you this is the truth you feel, you feel safe you feel threatened or, or whatever Yeah. so those are body intelligence similarly when you want to balance you know, walk a tightrope you can't think your way across it you know, if you're doing uh, yoga stretches or headstands you've gotta, the body intelligence has to know what balance feels like when you're in balance and when you're going to tip over so balance is a, is a bodily intelligence Tension or lack of it, which is the fear, pressure, impulse, the body knows that, knows the freedom from that. Oh, everything's okay. It is safe. I am comfortable. Oh, yeah. It knows that. It also knows such things as um, coherence, which means that. Uh, when you want to move your hand, for example, there's a whole series of muscles that, that operate together, synchronicity. You try and figure out how to move, move a hand, how to pick a pen up, you know, the movements of the wrist, the palms, the fingers, the tuning to. You try and put a spoon of food in your mouth, just as an idea, lift, 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 navigate, navigate this way. (laughs) At a certain point it passes out, you can't see it anymore. And then you can stick it up your nose, (laughs) or miss altogether, (laughs) or push it in too far. Something knows exactly how to home in on that organ, that, that aperture, and slide the spoon in. And this is what the body knows how to coordinate that. Of course, this is pretty important, isn't it? getting the food in there. We didn't we had to figure that way towards 10 before we got that one figured out. <laughs> so <laughs> the first thing you do as a baby is you, you know your mouth starts looking for something to suck, doesn't it? it knows what to do. So these are, you know, sense of coherence, coordination is is the bodily sense. And these are very important forms of intelligence. for movement yeah. also for uh, they carry certain psychological qualities to that we feel steady we feel balanced when we feel open to receive things or we don't feel we want to take something in mm. we feel safe or not safe Now I'll say a lot of the time then of course if you're moving around on wheels you don't develop much balance. Sitting in chairs, walking or running around on wheels uh, body intelligence doesn't get much of a say so your body gets kind of a bit stupid. So as we meditate, practice Start to look into the standing, walking, how the body moves, finding balance, getting the sense of coordination so when you sit, it's not just your backside sits, but your shoulders sit and your head sits and your hand knows what to do when it sits. It's the whole thing sits together. You can't just say, oh, well, sitting something you do, plunk yourself down the cushion, that's it. It's not, it's the whole body has to sit you. Your head sits, your face sits. It knows how to coordinate so that that experience is smooth, harmonious and balanced. So we're bringing body intelligence into simple things like letting it know, letting it tell us how to sit. You know? It tells us by its comfort or discomfort. And then you have to cooperate with it. You can't tell it what to do. You, know, you have to find out where its needs are. Opening or releasing where it needs energy, you know. So we start to access this bodily intelligence, and that's our. You establish a very helpful home base, paying attention to the body, <clears throat> staying with that, bearing that in mind. It's called mindfulness of the body, and this was the. The Buddha said, "This is the. This is the." Um you don't get realize awakening without mindfulness of the body. Those who do not cultivate mindfulness of the body the deathless element is lost to them unless they cultivate mindfulness of the body. He said that specifically about mindfulness of the body. There's a s- series of suttas, I think some like 92, I think, sutras in the Anguttara says the same thing in similar ways very short suttas but sayings essentially to underline that point because you don't have uh, the, the proper structure the proper ground to fully release dukkha, suffering to fully release old karma vipaka the results of how we've been, because it's all become established in a nervous system, encoded in a nervous system, fed into the body. And then, unless you can get into the body and release it, it's going to stay there. And we might not even know that. We might think a problem is I worry, or I've got greed, or I'm uptight or something. We still think it's just purely psychological, because it's got a psychological manifestation, it's got very powerful emotional energies, it's got all sorts of very true and real stories and thoughts going along with it. Yeah, that's the way it manifests, but the release of it, release of it has to take in the body. The release of it means you have to access that in the body. feel it in the way your body is and also releasing it through the primary body dynamic which is breathing so as I was saying earlier you could play the work the work is not a particularly agreeable term but the the active, the activity of releasing uh, liberating, of cleaning, of healing of however you want to call it Purifying is done through the dynamic agencies. Yeah, the dynamic in the body is the breathing. So its structure is that sense of the form. Breathing is the dynamic. So, put it again very simply, we breathe. We use the breathing as the conduit, the transmitter of. Healing energies, of welcoming energies, of firming up, of whatever you know, whatever you want to bring through your heart into your body, you bring through with the breathing. What do I mean by breathing? I mean not certainly this physical air thing. Is the same sort of material materialistic reduction of the breathing as I've just described we you know we might do with the heart. We say feel it in your heart and you'd think your heart is just this flesh organ. You know, that's a materialistic reduction of what heart is, isn't it? So we say I hold you in my heart, we don't think we we don't think you mean the material organ, we mean something much more you know, psychological, emotional, and yet we also recognize somehow that does seem to be associated in all cultures with this area around the cardiac zone. You know, there it is, you know, uh, our energy. So if you just talk about the heart in a purely materialistic sense, you miss the real for our meditative and contemplative purposes, you miss the point of it. Similarly, if you just think of breathing as air going up and down your nose, and in and out of your lungs, you're missing the main point of what breathing's about, for a meditative sense, contemplative sense. And certainly, you know, when you go to that, that's that, that track of air, it's a good enough homing base, you can go to that. But what you're looking for, what you're trying to tune into, is the movement of energy that goes along with that. Which in uh, Indian thought is called prana, breath of life. This is why we talk about anapana. Satya pana is the Pali word for what's prana. That same word prana means the life energy which is associated with with the physical breath but also does all kinds of things that physical breath doesn't do. It moves up the spine, it moves through the nerves. Mm. Uh, If you do uh, pranayama, you realize you can work on the physical material breath in particular ways to access and channel very powerful energies mm. uh, China they call it Qi Chinese system call it Qi the breath of life this is what uh, we are referring to notice for example the Buddha never talks about as far as I have made out never talks about watching the breath he talks about being aware of breathing in and breathing out hmm Breathing in, he's talking about so breathing in and breathing out, not the breath, it's not a thing, it's a process, it's a dynamic process. Breathing is not a thing, is it? It's, it's a process of and what does that mean when you're aware of breathing? It means the flow, the swelling, the extension, the rhythms, you know, the fullness, the fading, the softening, the passing.
0: Yeah,
1: you can say the yin and the yang of the breathing. The powering up, the brightening, and the loosening, and the discharging. And it's always breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. If you look in the Anapanasati Sutta, it's repeated constantly. One is aware of breathing in, one is aware of breathing out. Feeling the whole body breathing in, feeling the whole body breathing out. Calming the whole body breathing in, calming the whole body breathing out. (laughs) It's always in out, in out, in out. So why don't you just say the breath, if he meant the breath? He's obviously talking about a process that has a dual aspect to it. It's dynamic, it's flowing. So this is the dynamic of the of the body, the primary dynamic. And it's called it's also called the Kaya Sankara. Kaya means body. Sankara is a Rather difficult term to find a satisfactory translation for, but I would s- offer things like energy, energetic formation, process, hmm. because this whole area is something that material, purely materialistic science doesn't find easy to comprehend because you can't stick it under a microscope. You start stick a scalpel in it. You can't. Don't douse it with a chemical. <laughs> it's not. It's not material. So, well, you know, what is it then? Uh, but um, so, it's the sankara is the formative process. So, when we breathe in, it's that sense of the whole uh, quality of being energized, suffused with breathing in and release with breathing out and the Buddha says breathing is the Kaya Sankara the bodily Sankara so just let the word Sankara hover whatever it is, breathing is it (laughs) breathing is the bodily thing and dynamic you could say it's the bodily dynamic it's the bodily energy or it's the energetic process within the body Mm. on this subtle plane it's not you know. You could also probably say it's something that affects the entire nervous system now in in uh, the time of the Buddha they didn't have an understanding of nervous system you don't see a reference, you see reference to Skin and hair and teeth. We don't see a reference to the nervous system. Perhaps they hadn't tracked it anatomically, but you do see references to sankara, which is an, almost like a nervous process, process in the nervous system. And the bodily aspect of that is is centred around breathing in and breathing out. So you bear that in mind. You recognise, yeah, you know, you take a deep breath in. What does that do? Well, it sort of lifts you. You know, when you're breathing in, it's very different from breathing out. Breathing out is a kind of softening, fading, relaxing. So you can start something. Take a deep breath. Here we go. Ramp, charge up. Ramp up. Get ready. Right now, you finished it. Take a breather. Breathe out. <laughs> Discharge. Relax. Soften. Release. So we know it, and yet we don't really know it. We don't know it deeply enough. We don't mindful of it, we don't bear it in mind the Buddha says mindfulness of breathing I declare is a a way of complete awakening Mm. all the factors of awakening come together with mindfulness of breathing so if we make, if we bear it in mind, which is what mindfulness means staying with that not just holding it with attention but reflecting upon it, considering it, checking it out, sensing in with it, what's happening in my breathing. It doesn't mean a microscopic attention on it, it means could mean something a little bit more wide and spacious, just knowing you're breathing in, feeling your breath pattern get wavy or, or shaky, feeling your breath pattern get tight, choked, restricted, feeling your breath pattern release, and noticing the effects in your body and of course the effects on other levels how that the healthy breathing, the full breathing is associated with calm contentment, ease well being and the afflictive breath patterns are associated with panic (laughs) depression (sighs) you know sag, anxiety, fluttering breath frustration, constricted breath anger pumping breath you try and get angry with your breath relaxed it doesn't work (laughs) I'm so upset breathing in, breathing out so you know we use this because it, it basically meets the processes that are happening for us at the energetic level that's why it's a very direct path once you understand it once you get it once you open it up it's a very direct thing you don't have to kind of go through all the topics and figure out the rights and wrongs and understand it and so forth of course you know one could do that um, but often we don't really have the time because you want to stop suffering now you know it's like the Buddha saying Somebody shoots an arrow into you. You don't want somebody to say, oh, that's an interesting arrow. It looks like it's made out of birch wood and feathers and so forth. You just want to get the thing out. <laughs> why they shot it at me, we can work out later. We Get it out. And so we work and come to the energetic level. It's a way of, of you know, really shifting that, the pressure and the captivity experience of dukkha, we feel trapped in it we feel this is me, I am this I'm always this, I always was this I've been built this way I'm stuck in this and that's the captivity experience and you've got to whatever you do, pretty promptly challenge that one otherwise, you know, if you keep reaffirming that then, you know you've, you've closed the door really so you may say, yes this experience is happening to me, but I'm not it you know and then how is this how was the if you could bring it down to one or two words, what is the the nub of that? could you And you probably could say it quite easily. It feels you know flattened, I feel flattened, or I feel ungrounded, I feel overwhelmed i feel. You know, you probably get one, 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 one word could could just get the overall sense of this. And that's another piece of the skill of holistic. We don't actually need to go into the details. You want to step back and just describe the pattern from your aeroplane, the deep structure of it. Oh yeah, that's that one. Because then you've got the summary which you can then easily hold and you know sense that in your heart sense that in your body and meet it this is the too much or can't do experience the overwhelming experience Mm. you feel tightness or pressure in your body Mm. now meet it And when we meet something, the sense of meeting something like when you meet another person or you meet anything is is that quality of openness. When you meet someone, it's not like you're going to grab hold of them, take them away or whatever. You just want to, well, I don't know. Hello, you know. (laughs) Uh, And mostly, you know, we don't, pause, we don't hold back you've already felt this thing is a problem and what you want to do with it is make it go away and not have it which is fair enough, but that isn't the way it's going to work it isn't going to happen, like, otherwise you'd have done it already <laughs> So, paying attention witnessing the deep structure, what it, what's there the, uh, the summary of it meeting it meeting that and meeting it means not pushing against it not fixing it, not overcoming it not solving it, it doesn't mean those things it means just placing your awareness onto that experience most helpfully at a somatic or energetic level because then there's no, if you meet it with, well, this, you know, this person's really a problem in my life. and I, You meet that at the intellectual level, you just get the pictures and the stories coming up. Why is like this and should be da 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 You meet it at an energetic level, you just feel the frustration. Yeah, that's the word frustration. Why doesn't he ever understand frustration? So that's the bit that you meet. And as you hear that word, as you feel that word, you, you feel it in your body. You feel the tension, the pressure the, uh, in my body. You've got it. When you get it, you feel it in your body. So you sort of check. You know, when you pay attention, you meet something, you wanna, have you really met it? Or you just, you know, when you really meet it, you get it in your body. You get a sense of that's what it is. It, you felt it. Some flash occurs, just like we've understood a solution. you get the flash, similarly, when you really meet a problem, you get this sense of something an embodied quality embodied experience comes up. You may feel it in your eyes, your eyes tighten up, or your jaw or something you shifts, yeah. A particular pattern i would noticed in myself meets certain. I'm sitting there and then something comes up and I immediately feel this need to lie down. <laughs> you know, I get itchy, fidgety. Something comes up and I suddenly think of all this. I get these to-do lists come up for me. You, know, I have, you might be surprised. I have a huge amount of propensity for to- to-do lists you know, things I'm going do in the monastery, things to do next year, some email, so-and-so, phone someone, this, so and Some of these to-do lists comes up, and immediately this kind of sh- shake comes into my system. And I go, oh, God, I just want to go to bed. <laughs> 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 I want to lie down, just feel that everything sinks. <laughs> Gee, that was interesting. I was just sitting here, and a perception of all these things I've got to do arose in my mind, just One perception few moments of that my body just caved in on, the, <laughs> on a somatic level or I've got to get up and do something itchy, get twitchy feelings oh, better get restless start fussing around and tidying something up yeah. or you're going to talk to somebody help You know, you get that kind of itchy, restless, fidgety feeling isn't it interesting, isn't it? or you might notice something happens in your hand. That's a tiny little twitch. But if you've worked on making the the body a suitable receptacle so that you've undone some of this surface stress, it becomes an exceptionally accurate uh, barometer for these impressions. You might find something stirring in your belly. Right, something kind of wincing in your heart, across your chest. I was talking to a woman I was teaching on a retreat I was teaching the other year. She said, one particular thought made her left eyebrow would suddenly cock. Every time she had this thought, her left eyebrow would shoot up. She She didn't notice this. (laughs) This thought did this to her left eyebrow. Or maybe your lips tighten, yeah. You know? Or you, anyway, you just check it out. It's just, it's just interesting, isn't it? Uh, so then, that, that place. Then we go to that place, or that area, or that domain in the body. Softening, widening, meeting, meeting it there. Perhaps even just breathing through it. Now, anatomically you can't breathe through your eyes. Energetically you can. Energetically you can breathe through the palms of your hands very easily. You can breathe through the temples of your head, forehead, around the eyes particularly, soles of the feet. These are very open for breath energy.
0: Yeah.
1: So what I mean is as you breathe out, just focus on those areas, say around your eyes for example. As you breathe out, focus on that, Those uh, around your eyes, bring that into your awareness. And let the feeling of the breath, the energy of the breath be registered in that area. Yeah what it does, what breathing out does to this area around your eyes. Does it cause them to move? No. Does it cause them to tighten up? No. It causes them generally to relax. Breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. So you begin to, you know, just, maybe I'm wrong. Check it out. See what I mean by breathing, really. It's that energy that can do that. And it is associated with the air breath, you know, the physical breath, but it's actually a much subtler and wider suffusive quality that that the physical breath helps to channel, to spread. But you can spread it through the entire body. In the Anapanasati Sutta, the Sutra on Mindfulness of Breathing, the Buddha says... Um, Thoroughly experiencing the kaya-sankara, which means, I'm suggesting, it means the energy in the body, the subtle energy body, thoroughly experiencing this kaya-sankara, I breathe in and breathe out. Thoroughly experiencing that bodily energy, I breathe in and breathe out. So I kind of link the two, the process, the brightening and suffusing and calming and releasing, Starts to become the dominant theme in my body energy instead of the jangling, the tension, the tightening, the defending, the bristling, the sinking, it becomes that. And then experiencing the entire body, I breathe in and breathe out, thoroughly experiencing the entire body, sabbhakaya Patisangwedi. thoroughly Patisangwedi experiencing. Kaya, the entire body, subhakaya. Yeah? The entire body breathing. So that's interesting, isn't it? How do, you, how do you breathe through the entire body? Thoroughly experiencing the entire body. So he's saying essentially, well, you know, interpret it for yourself. As you feel with the breathing, that quality can be felt through the entire body. To the extent, and then tranquilizing or calming. The kaya sankara calming the body energy, cleaning it, smoothing it, softening, so that body energy instead of being raging or fractured or tangled or tense or sinking or dull or clogged becomes smooth and soft, pliable. He so said, "Now you have something that is called uh, the qualities of its." lahu, it's light, it's pliable it's malleable, it's workable it's upright and so then he says it's like a goldsmith when you've refined the crude ore and you've melted it you have this beautiful fine gold you can spin beautiful ornaments fine necklaces gold wire, gold thread out of this this is how you've smelted and refined this rather crude, rough energy that we normally experience. You've made it a uh, suitable, and you can do whatever you like with it. We use it primarily for calming, for strengthening, for healing, for gladdening the entire system. Such as that, the Buddha said when you uh, when you when you're unified to the extent of the first absorption. It's called first jhana, when the mind, body-mind, when that whole system is unified, because the body and the mind start to blend together through that process, what we call body and mind. He so says there is not one part of the entire body that is not drenched, suffused, pervaded and permeated with the happiness born of this, this, this uh, viveka, this detached, disengaged, non-obstructive awareness. There's not one part of the body that is not, not a pore of the body. is not drenched, suffused, permeated with the gladness and happiness of this experience. That's pretty, you know, direct, isn't it? It's pretty physical. It puts it into the body. So this sense meditation is not a disembodying you know nice ideas get out of it experience. It's really going into it and the the clear requirement in the Buddha's path to work through the body to because this is where the raw material of the energy that if it's not gets hindered, gets tangled, gets obstructed and causes enormous emotional psychological tangles and obstructions you're getting to the, to the basis of that and you're turning it around hmm. as you would probably all recognise if you're very nervous and tense you're probably more easily offended than if you're not on the edge of a nervous breakdown, everything seems too much. small things you can't handle. So the quality of your nervous energy certainly affects your perceptions, your attitudes, your abilities to function, you what are called your psychological yeah, uh, potential, your psychological efficiency. And so when this energy is steadied and calmed and soothed and smoothed you can take a lot it doesn't rock you you don't find yourself proliferating with anxiety about the future you just know I don't know that I'm here now I'll meet that when it happens you don't find yourself anguishing and regretting and continually about the past I don't you know that's past I've cleaned it you don't find yourself continually um, projecting onto other people having all these people stuck in your head who are talking to you all the time and you talk to them all the time shut up, you know, no, you get out of our life I don't want you anymore you, you, you know? this is for madness isn't it <laughs> how come all those people got in there Because, you know, when they uh, engaged you, when you uh, excited you, when they disappointed you, when they upset you, when they confused you, when they, you know, whatever, they, whatever it was, that particular impression locked. It didn't get discharged. It didn't get finished. It just stuck there. And then another one came along. That stuck there. So now you're full of them. <laughs> Every time you touch one of these, this person comes up. <laughs> and some of them are you. <laughs> there's you, bad, you, naughty, you, a failure, you, you know, those times when you had that impression of yourself. You, the unloved, you, the neat, whatever it is, you've got all those. So there's you and everybody else inside this system, you know. And then you're trying to, get out of here. <laughs> but they won't go away because you haven't, you haven't pulled the plug. You haven't found a place to touch. You haven't, you haven't met them. Yeah. When you really meet with that awareness, full attention, embodied sense, heart sense, calming, steadying. You meet the tangle, you meet the edginess, you meet the flaring, you meet the sinking. And you just meet it, breathe into it. Yeah. Breathing in doesn't necessarily mean blowing air into it, it means just sending that energy into that. Soft. It's almost like feeling your body Opening, widening, softening your body. That that what does that is what we call the chi, the breath energy, that which can give that message to the muscles and nerves. That's that's the prana. Uh, and you can see how it's the breath of life because it is associated with our. Our valid um, value systems. So really, truly, you can only breathe—you know—the good, the true, the beautiful. Everything else is an obstruction to that. So pay attention means check that rolling wheel of experience that seems to be rolling over us, or we're running behind it, or it's tra- we're trapped under it. Rather than trying to get away from it, find a way out of it, get scared by it, feel, oh, here it is again. What is that? Pay attention. Meet it. What's the one word, what's the one sense that says it for you? Hmm? Feel it in your body. Widen. Widen and soften, so you really... Take that in, in an open, relaxing way. As best you can. That means these are things are not easy. But it gets easier the more you have faith in just, just that you're not going to fix it, you're not going to solve it, you're not going to be better, but at least you can meet it. That's all you have to do. And then, can you meet that widening and softening? And then you'll, that widening and softening allows... A healing energy to have to participate. If you tighten up, it doesn't. If you push, it doesn't. Mm. If the winding and softening allows the the flow of healing energy, which is somatic, is also emotional, it's it's everything. It allows that to flow through those places which we may not understand. <coughs> completely understand or you know it doesn't matter no no, why but it takes the arrow out of the wound and then maybe after it's out then then you oh then you get then you get it figured in your head but the understanding in that way comes after you taking it out you take it out think, you know I think I'm too hard on myself that's the problem <laughs> and it's so obvious It's so obvious. But you couldn't have said that and it couldn't have had that result until you did the release. Until you did that. Or, oh well, everybody messes up sooner or later. Suddenly it becomes an easy answer. But if you took that easy answer and applied it before you went through the process, it wouldn't work. Most of us know, well, I've understood everything's impermanent, everything's, you know, I've got a feeling for that, you want when I come here, I want to run away. <laughs> because you, you know it as an idea, but right now, you've got to go through the process of fully experiencing it, and that's not a rational process. You may come up with a rational solution at the end of the day, but the process is not rational. It's, Mystic, it's gnostic, it's non-dualistic, it's it's um, somatic, it's energetic, and but in simple terms, it means pay attention, meet what arises, widen and soften, Hmm. let let the energy breathe through that. So I think that's enough for tonight. Thank you.